یہ انٹرنیشنل گیم ہے اس میں دماغ سے کھیلا جاتا ہے غصے سے نہیں Hello everybody and welcome to episode 33 of Hoop Darshan. Hoop Darshan! Episode number 33, Karan. Episode number 33. Number 33 is pretty big in NBA's history, isn't it? 33 is straight up one of the luckiest numbers in NBA history, I think. That's right. We've had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, we've had Larry Bird, we've had Patrick Ewing. All these greats from NBA's history. And even in today's game, we have Mark Gasol. And we have a few other like unknowns, but Mark Gasol is pretty big too. He's... Uh, You reckon he's on his way to being one of those greats that we mentioned? Um, sure. I mean, I don't think he... Well, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but I don't know if... I think he's a borderline Hall of Famer. He may not get there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, I mean, like, he, he, he may have to win a title to, to, to get, get up there, but yeah. That's right. And uh, speaking of winning a title, I think they, they have a sneakily decent team. based on what happened in free agency and i think we'll talk a lot about free agency and a lot about you know, this crazy period of time that we've had where people switching teams and everything else but that's just later before that we've got to get a few indian basketball things out of the way uh, what's been happening in the indian hoop scene current uh well first of all let's congratulate the indian national team mm-hmm. uh we we won the south asian qualifiers the sabah qual- qualifiers which were As they all are these days in your hometown of Bangalore again. That's um, right. Um, India, uh, our team beat uh, all the neighbors, you know. So it was Nepal, it was Bangladesh and uh, the Maldives. Mm-hmm. And uh, we played really well as we usually do against the South Asian teams. Um, so we won all three games. Uh, Amrit Pal Singh, who, who plays for Tokyo Excellence, he was our captain. Vishesh, of course, played well. Um, Vishesh Prigumanshi. And so India qualified now for the FIBA Asia Challenge, which used to be the FIBA Asia Cup, which used to be the Stankovic Cup. Anyways. <laughs> there's a lot, the f- yeah, there's a lot changing in FIBA these days. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's the artist formerly known as FIBA Asia Cup. Yeah, Because, that's right. <laughs> so, so, so just to clarify for everybody, uh, the FIBA, this is the FIBA Asia Challenge, which is going to be the second most prestigious FIBA Asia Championship. Yeah. The number one is the one we all we always knew as the FIBA ABC. Uh, I guess the initials don't change, so we should just continue calling it the FIBA ABC. But it's it will officially be known as the FIBA Asia Cup, and that's going to be next year, and um, and it's going to involve Oceania teams as well, so Australia and New Zealand as well, and it should be a nice big tournament. But but that is not the one we have qualified for right now. The one we qualified for right now is the FIBA Asia Challenge that's going to be held later this year. Is this the equivalent of the tournament where we beat China? This is the the exact same tournament two years ago where we beat China for the first time since basketball began. Yes, that's right. <laughs> And, uh, where we saw um, Indian Kobe. Where we saw Indian Kobe, also who I call Indian Kawhi Leonard. That's uh, right. Our main man, Abjot Singh. Um, so, uh, hopefully, Abjot will be back for this tournament. He's out in uh, Tokyo right now winning three-on-three MVP tournaments, just dominating. He has, he has a uh, guild party going on. He has a guild party going on. And uh, I actually interviewed him a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, a story should be coming out in NBA India soon. He, uh, I he, love that plug. Just, <laughs> yes, of course. He's just... Uh, hey, hey it's, it's a plug for Abjot. It's not a plug for myself. Of course, yeah. <laughs> He's... Um, He, he's just a legend. And if you guys follow NBA, he, he is our, the best Indian basketball player, in my opinion. And it, 
it should be your opinion right now everyone's I, opinion <laughs> abso- absolutely absolutely hey look you're talking to the guy who's ha- shared your man crush with amrit for <laughs> for what seems like forever so don't have to oh, oh, me <laughs> Oh, but I mean, your I'm I'm speaking to our listeners. Our listeners, he if you guys are looking for a guy who who is the one superstar for Indian basketball who play for national team, who who to look out for? Yeah, Amjot is up there, and of course, I don't want to forget Amrit Pal Singh, who's our captain, one of the best defensive centers in Asia, and uh, my main man, my hometown buddy, Vishesh Bhagwanchi, our uh, who who's the best perimeter player in the country. Oh, that's right. It probably one of the better ones in the continent as well, um, even at uh, this age. Uh, I would say he's a top five shooting guard in in Asia. Yeah, you know, maybe yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so so all of these guys are in the national system. You know who who is not in the national system? Who's that? The Play- guys who the guys who are playing for the UBA basketball league. That's right. It's a in a, so, in a shockingly you know surprising state of affairs. Not really. Uh, the BFI <laughs> has mentioned that anybody who's taken part in the UBA. championships is not eligible for the indian national team and i think we kind of saw this coming because none of the major players took part in the prior editions of uba except probably like narendra grewal and a couple of other um, you know regular names but um, yeah first yeah it's first, let's talk about that and secondly like there's another season of uba already yeah so um the, the uba season 3 began this just this week actually Um, I mean, if you guys have listened to the podcast, you kind of already know our opinion of it. It's uh, I'm glad it like exists because there's nothing else there. So That's someone right. had to do something, step in and and create a league. But now that said, because it has been ostracized by the official um, the the BFI in India, it sort of feels how the ICL felt with the, with cricket ten years ago before the IPL began. Yep, exactly. Um, so I mean, the guy you named Narendra Grewal is in this league. Couple other really talented guys have played in the UBA. Vinay Kaushik, uh, Gurvinder Singh Gill, who the uh, Gary Gill, he goes by, mm-hmm. who's one of our uh, our better big men. Um, Jogendra Singh, who, who the guy who gets uh, extra points for dunking. Yeah, he's one. Of, he's one. He's one, of, <laughs> he's one of the guys who gets a lot of points for dunking. Uh, Jogendra Singh, who was the point guard for the team that beat China two years ago. Oh yeah. So, so it's, like it's it's a bit of a pity that these guys. I mean, I I, I don't. Uh, me pity in the sense that they have taken this uh, playing for this league because hey someone's paying the money they should play no one else is going to uh, take care of them that way but i feel that this rift between the bfi bfi versus everybody is is uh, is going to hurt the national team but that said our best players are still free to play for the national team that's right um, and and they're playing in like better leagues like japan and whatnot the best ones well <laughs> if the ones who are in the middle like uh, who are in ongc or iob guys like that who uh, Yeah, who who are not in an outside league, but but they're but they're playing for India and they don't want to take that risk to not play for India. Right. So um, it's totally a player's decision. And uh, and 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 uh, speaking on the same topic, the third season of the UBA league has tipped off in Pune. I think if you guys watch ten sports in India, it's on quite regularly. Um, it's a I think this is a shorter league. It's like a three week league. Mm-hmm. And uh, Delhi won the last league. If you guys were paying attention, they they haven't started too well this time around. Um, yeah, if you guys are in Pune, go watch, go support any basketball that's happening in India, and um, j- just watch some of our be- uh, our talented young players. Yeah, that's right. Uh, a couple of my friends live in Pune, and they've been, they've been to the games. It's free, so go go for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Before this is what I've been telling people: before Indian basketball starts charging, <laughs> yeah. Ho- hopefully, we reach a day when it's famous enough that 
people are willing to pay money to. Yeah, it's exactly right. Like if we ever get to a point where basketball gets charged, then I think we've done well for ourselves. <laughs> Um okay exactly. yes with, with that uh, I think let's move on to our uh, customary special guest edition of the podcast and we have a returning guest don't we He's he's a returning guest he's he's just a second guest to be to, to be a two-time hoop darshan uh, championship belt holder um and and we are going to go take a deep deep dive into uh, NBA and free free agency because in case you guys haven't been paying attention some crazy shit happened two weeks ago It's the, like our world will our world will never be the same again. Yeah, the historically greatest ever team got like one of the historically greatest or will be historically greatest ever players. So that's it. That's all there is. <laughs> let's let, let's bring on our guest to go way deeper into this. So I want to welcome Jonathan Drago back on Hoop Darshan, one of our very few repeat guests on the show. Jonathan, how are you doing? not bad at all man not bad at all a little i'm, I'm panting with this uh, i'm a little exhausted actually with this uh, crazy off season that we've had so yeah, yeah as koshik and i just said like something apocalyptically crazy happened a few weeks ago it's like one of those moments in nba history which which will be earmarked forever I, yeah it will I, I, yeah actually yeah i i won't i won't disagree with that it's it's going to it is it is it is a it's a it's a crazy crazy uh, moment in the history of nba for sure i think that one of the top 10 moments for sure i i don't see how this is not a top 10 moment no matter what happens in the league down down the line hey jonathan so you're talking about we... mosgov signing to lakers aren't you <laughs> obviously <laughs> what do you think <laughs> well so before we go into uh, take a deep dive into uh, this free agency uh, i want to force reintroduce jonathan to our listeners we had him here um, i think a year or a little bit more than a year ago on hoop version when jonathan is the first ever fiba agent from india um and we yeah. when if you guys want to look back uh, and find that previous episode we we talking great depth about the rise of indian basketball the business side of indian basketball um and but today we had basically let out the inner fanboys in ourselves and talk about this humongous moment so jonathan tell us What do you think about one of the greatest players ever joining one of the greatest teams ever? What's there to think about it? It's like uh, <laughs> there's nothing to think about it. It's a guy who made a an employment decision. He said he wants to work for a better employer. He wants to work for a better organization and I mean he's a rock star. I don't see to be honest, I don't see the I mean it is a huge deal as 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 uh, as a situation or an instance that has happened, but I, I I I'm I I can't quite understand why people are up in arms about this. I it is a massive deal from the perspective okay let's put it this way. I don't quite understand what the uh why there's so much negative backlash. Like I understand it from a fan's perspective that you know you don't want you you would like to see some more competition in the league uh and you'd like Kevin Durant to 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 uh, you know make his own super team or or continue to uh, thrive in, in OKC and then uh, meet with the Golden State Warriors uh, in the finals but we have to be honest with ourselves this guy is after a ring and he he felt the best way to get a ring is to join the Warriors well here's the thing i think it is a big deal because not anything to do with the controversy or anything 
but because they're going to be so damn good. I think that's the big deal. That the fact we're, talk, we're, we're talking about a team that's going to have uh, four all stars basically. You know, if if they all play up to the potential. Um, but uh, Koshi, why don't you tell us why do you think this is controversial? Why do you think this got so much negative press? So I don't necessarily agree with the fact that like there should be backlash towards Kevin Durant. No, Jonathan is absolutely right. Like he made the right employment decision. There should be no backlash against Warriors because god damn it if you have space to get Kevin Durant, you get Kevin Durant. That's that, that's just what happens. But where I think people have a right to have a problem is like the whole competitive balance thing. Like I feel cheated as a fan because I wanted to see OKC versus Golden State part 2 again. Like that was one of the better series we've seen in the last like 3 or 4 years uh, probably up there with the Miami San Antonio finals but and we won't get to see it again we we will never get to see what Oklahoma City like true potential would have been because i genuinely thought they're going to get like so much better after what they themselves saw themselves becoming and we're just not going to see that and at the same time like if you're like i am a fan of the nba for a lot of reasons and one of them is that the the system or the rules that have been put in place to run this league is aimed at trying to ensure parity and like the players get shared across all teams and like you have as many competitive teams as possible but this is like i know who's going to be in the nba finals already from like day minus 50 so that's like that takes away a little bit of the excitement so i think from like a very um subjective outside view of a fan of the system and the league in general i just feel a little bit cheated is that fair yeah but uh, so uh, i'm i'm on uh, in agreement with you goshik as, as a fan yes do i feel a little let down of course definitely but um your point about uh, the league trying to ensure parity um i mean outside of outside of having um outside of a uh, a uh, a uh, uh, hard cap and uh, you know talking about uh, or, or restricting the number of max contracts you can give to uh, players on your team if the players can manipulate uh, their salaries and 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 still build these super teams right we've seen it one one of the i mean one of one of the teams that both all of us are fans of is the san antonio spurs now uh, at 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 all i mean he was just coming off his peak but the fact of the matter is that a, Tim, a superstar and tim duncan decided to take a cut in his salary so no matter what what kind of whatever rules or regulations the nba put in place uh, with regards to a, a cba or max contracts or whatever it is i mean obviously that's too complicated to discuss on this conversation but tim duncan decided to take a pay cut and suddenly the the spurs could go out and fish for all these other superstars uh we also not really i mean we also have to realize that the reason the warriors could go and get kevin durant is because couple of seasons ago they got curry on a really cheap contract let's not forget that uh if curry had shown the same potential that he has before he signed the this uh, before he signed his last contract this super team wouldn't have been able this this wouldn't have been able to be possible this wouldn't be possible let's let's i mean that is what that is what you know so when 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 you say parity yes the league has put all these things in place as a matter of fact adam silver came out uh, uh, in the press uh, yesterday uh, and to a, to a conference he openly said i don't think uh, this is good for the league and uh, yes of course it's not good to the league, good for the league for the competitive balance shifts but there are a couple of things one is something that i just addressed which is 
no matter what rules or regulations you put in place if the players decide they want to take a pay cut lebron people don't realize lebron james took a pay cut when he went to miami heat he could have easily fought for a max contract he took that pay cut simply because he could form at that time what was considered now now we think of now in in, in retrospect it doesn't seem like a super team because of what has formed with the warriors but let's not forget that was a super team that was intended to be a super team as a matter of fact so the, the and i'm referring to the miami heat when 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 lebron moved to miami but uh lebron took a pay cut there he was the biggest he is the biggest superstar in the league right now and that at that time he was even at the, even high, more at the peak of his powers and he took a pay cut to make that super team so no matter what the league has put in place that's that competitive balance can always be manipulated if players decide they want to take pay cuts or make super teams because they they are in chase of ring another thing that kind of takes the concept of parity away is that and this is slowly changing but historically the western conference has always been better why because in general most most cities in in the western conference have better weather and a better lifestyle right uh, let's i mean that's one of the reasons why a whole bunch of people wanted to play for the lakers or a whole bunch of people wanted to move to um, miami for that matter i mean of course after the super team got made and let's and while there are basketball decisions for kevin kevin durant's shift to golden state let's not forget that he was playing in oklahoma city which is one of the smallest cities in the in the in the us and i feel that there there are more than basketball reasons why he made this shift to to, to golden state because he then he's he's a massive brand there's only so much of, so much of uh, there's only such a there's there is a limited um there's a limit to how much his brand can grow in a city like oklahoma so which is why a city like golden state or san or state like san francisco affords him the opportunity to grow that brand you know, he's 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 next door to silicon valley he's got all these you know massive billionaires in 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 um, who are like a, a drive away who can then help him or advise and grow his brand because that's also more uh, 90% of the players uh, the the superstars don't make money don't make their real money from their salaries right or the nba salaries they make it off court so there has there is more than basketball to that so the reason i'm 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 i'm, I'm i went long on this is i i agree with kaushik kaushik's point that the nba has put into place a whole bunch of um rules regulations and and uh, rules and regulations to maintain competitive parity across the league but there are way there are way too many other ways to uh to kind of avoid uh, actually no, let me rephrase there are there are too many other ways to kind of um, not manipulate manipulates actually a bad word and i used it a couple of times but there are so many other ways to kind of get around um, yeah get around yes yes thank you so much get around this um, the the stuff that the nba's put into place yeah i think you know what's interesting i don't think like it's not KD leaving that people are as mad about leaving Oklahoma is the fact that he chose the team that just beat him. I think that is the biggest biggest issue. Basically, it, 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 these two teams of the Western Conference semi-finalists, you know, two of the best right. three teams in the in the conference, two of the best four teams in the league, and and I think that is the bigger issue with uh, with fans, so to say. And, and I have mixed feelings about this. I I agree with Koshik that it, it, it is a bummer to see one contender go down. 
But that right. said, when I, I'm so hyped to watch this team play, like just to watch the, the Warriors are going to be one of the most interesting, exciting teams of all time. They they have three of the greatest shooters in NBA history, and they just won seventy three games. Like they're going to go on a rampage. Yeah. Um, Zach what Lowe you mentioned said, this uh, on one of his podcasts. Actually, he said that mm-hmm. this is the cleanest fit there has ever been to a super team. And that's a little bit little bit scary for the rest of the league, I think. Well, and, and, and here's the other thing. Why this is a different super team than to what LeBron did in Miami. LeBron, Bosch and Wade, are, were all, they all came to the league as superstars. In uh, the, the Warriors drafted all of these guys. Kevin Durant is the first, quote-unquote, like star player to actually join the Warriors. Everyone else is part of the organic system. The Warriors should be rewarded for having... Like, like no, for the guys they already have, was, was done by smart scouting and smart coaching. Steph Curry was an 8th pick, Clay Thompson was an 11th pick, Draymond Green was a 35th pick. Like, all of these guys are, were underrated guys and they, they played above their level. And KD is the first properly rated star in, in this team. And it just so happened that they already made a name for themselves. So, it's, um, it is a bummer, but it's an exciting bummer, <laughs> if I can say it in that sense. Um, yeah, and if, if I may add... Uh... People are, I mean, in general, people are making this sound so easy for these guys. Let's not forget that they are going to, like, and, and this is something I think uh, Karan mentioned or tweeted. I can't remember. Was it Kaushik? I can't remember. But I don't know. My memory does not uh, permit me to remember another team with more pressure to win the title than these guys. So yeah, yeah, and I appreciate the fact that they that they are taking that challenge on, like that yeah, they are they're not shirking away from it. This is this is not going to be easy from a mental standpoint of view. You have to understand that Curry. So yes, Durant's great, but the starting four on this team are four players that just lost a seven-game series after Hard being three-one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, so 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 Jonathan, speaking on on that topic, Steph Curry is a unanimous MVP, two-time MVP, one of the best players in the NBA. How, how what would it mean for him to take a role next to Kevin Durant, sharing the space? And my elder brother and, have, and I have had this conversation. Who do you guys think would be a the higher scorer and b the better player, or does it even matter? Like, does it matter who the alpha, alpha dog is? Does it does that does that matter? No, that's the thing. I, I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters in the Warriors because the Warriors play a system. Uh, it, w- it was very, very clear whenever Curry w- was out that it was it was not... Okay. Obviously, you can't discount Curry being out, right? But... Uh, so, okay, so a couple of thoughts, thoughts here. One is the Warriors play a system game, right? It's So, the moment you, you plug out a player, another player has to just fit into that system. It's... The production may not be as great. So, if you're, for example, Curry is out and, and Livingston takes his place as, as point guard, Livingston obviously is not at the level at Curry, but there is a certain system that they play, the way they move the ball, the, the constant movement of, of, of players on both offense and defense, that that the Warriors can sustain, they can, they can actually, they can sustain such injuries. They can, they can, they can, they can protect themselves from such, you know, if, if, if there's, one of the players is not clicking or, or, or one of the players goes down. So, because they play a system ball, 
I don't see there being a competition between Curry and Durant, and and uh, and allegedly, I mean, actually not allegedly. Rumors, rumor has it that Curry told Durant face to face, or I believe he texted him. I'm not sure, but there was this conversation yeah. that went on between them that Curry said, "Listen, it really doesn't matter whose team it is. If you want it to be your team, it's your team. I I only care about winning a championship." So, and and we know this about Curry, right? This and this is not just only with Durant, but we know this. Uh, this is characteristic of Curry. So many times when Clay Thompson gets hot, it's yeah. not like Curry goes and half hawks the ball. He's like, hey, listen, you're getting hot. No, this is my team. Curry is the one standing on the sideline, screaming and shouting and passing the ball to Clay Thompson. He's like, hey, man, you are hot. You've got the hot hand. You ride this. So we know Curry is not that kind of a player. I mean, he's he's a complete team player. He completely understands where he comes from. He the struggles that he's been through. So he knows that he know he knows to appreciate a good thing when it's happening. He's not one of those people who's going to be hogging this limelight because hey, listen, this is going to last only so long. So I'm going to take the most of it. He doesn't look at it from a negative perspective. He looks at it from a positive perspective. He's like, man, I don't know when. Things may turn around next time. You know, he's got weak ankles. We know that he's been working really hard on it. So for him, he's just enjoying the moment. So he's like, if Kevin Durant has to take those shots and, and score that ball, then so be it. Um, I I genuinely don't see don't see a, there being a problem. And to answer your question, who's going to be the highest scorer? If you're holding a gun to my head, I'd say Kevin Durant because he's definitely a purer scorer, right? I mean, he can score both in and out. Curry has has had sometimes challenges. If if you get into his head, he's had a challenge of driving to the rim, which was evident as which was uh, which was evident during the last play uh, where he yeah. w- was up against Love. He should have just driven on Love. I mean, he loves a great, he loves an average defender. He he obviously that possession he just turned into this monster defender. But at that on that position, Curry should have just taken it to the rim. And yeah. if you get into his head, you know he's not taking it to the rim. So. In now Curry doesn't need to take it to the rim. He's like, oh, if I'm not feeling confident, I'll just put push it to Durant, and and who better to take it to the rim than Durant? So that's that's the the other angle that uh, that that I think about. So yeah, they play a team game, and it, it, it's a system game at the end of the day. So I, I don't see there being a challenge, to be honest. So so here's my hot take on that, and and Koshik, you can respond. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I feel that Kevin Durant is. I mean, I'm not just saying this like openly. I'm like giving this a lot of thought and conversation. I think Kevin Durant is, in my mind, obviously the better basketball player overall. Right. But that said, because this is unlike the Miami Heat, where they pretty much had to start a system all over, like Wade, LeBron, and Bosh had to come in a team and and find the identity. This Warriors team right. already has an identity. They they already know who exactly they are. Kevin Durant is basically gonna be a very rich man's Harrison Barnes. Like a very rich man, Harrison Barnes. Um, I, I think because of that, and because of the fact that KD has sort of not fully. I, I don't want to make it sound. I don't want to sound like a Stephen A. Smith and just call him a soft player. <laughs> but I, I think he's sort of proven to be passive. Whereas Steph, uh, adding to what uh, Jonathan started on saying, because Steph knows this is his moment. He doesn't really have too many years to say like, oh, if I don't want win now, I win next year. I'll always be a good player. I think Steph. This is one of the reasons why we all got so excited about what Curry did last season. He kind of just decided, I want to give it 110% every possession, every game. I want to go all out. And I think because of that, and because of the fact that he'll take more threes, Steph may end up being a higher scorer eventually because he'll go on these like crazy fourth-quarter flurries when KD is just playing, uh, KD's playing off the ball a lot more. 
but but KD is probably going to be the better player because he's a great defender. He's got the length. He you know he can do so much. He can hurt you so. He can get to the free throw line. No one in the Warriors team could get to the line. And now all of a sudden they have the guy who after James Harden uh, gets to the line more often than anyone else in the NBA. So how do you stop this team? It's a uh, it's a it's really difficult. <laughs> like on on theory, like you you have like. Steph Curry and Kevin Durant in a pick and roll. Okay, you switch. If you switch, like they're two of the best shooters. Okay, if you somehow manage to cover both of them, on the other side there'd be Clay Thompson, who's like, who's also an amazing shooter. How how do you? Really oh, Clay will never have a dribble of basketball. Clay will never have a dribble again. Yeah, like <laughs> he'll never ever. He just can't stand it. I I I one hundred percent I agree. I think I don't I don't I don't think anybody dribbles on this team this time. So, so if you guys are in uh, an opposing team, if you are Cleveland or San Antonio or the Clippers or anyone else, the Celtics, and anyone who has a realistic shot, what is your strategy in trying to stop this team? I think you just try to what like, is, what outscore is the big them. Spot? You just outscore them, and then you you try to get. But you forget to think that they're one of the better defensive teams. Uh, in, they... Like this is not the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fair, but they don't. Uh... So I said, while all this is true, they do have, I think, like a couple of weaknesses. Uh, I think they don't have the same kind of rim protection and rebounding ability anymore. They were never that big on rebounding ability, but I think they get like smaller on the other end of the floor. While it helps them space out in terms of offense and everything more, I think potentially if there's a really big team that can play good defense and shoot as much or as well as Golden State Warriors, I know that's like a high ask, but... That's not happening. Let's yeah. let's be realistic. Like no one is shooting as well as them. Yeah, that's like true. no one. Let's that's never happening in a, in NBA history. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So you can take the Oklahoma City blueprint and try to apply it to them. I don't know if any team has the ability to do it right away, but I think that's theoretically the way to beat them. And I think another underrated aspect of what Golden State, why Golden State was that special last year, was the team chemistry and camaraderie that they had where everybody felt like an equal and they had that whole strength in numbers theme which which they kind of don't anymore like there's no Barbosa and there's no some other guys they don't have the same kind of depth I think whoever comes in to fill those role positions or like scrap positions they'll have to build that chemistry a little bit again I think that that can be a little more tricky than what people can imagine it's not something they can't overcome through the course of an 82 game season but like, if you have to, like, seriously pinpoint weaknesses, those are the ones. And obviously, those are better weaknesses to have than, like, I don't have players. Jonathan, if you're nitpicking this team. Uh, for me, it's very clear. Uh, to add to what Kaushik said, I think you beat them by absolutely, absolutely demolishing their second unit. Because, see, one of the advantages they got with having signed Durant is that you can play 48 minutes of a game with one of the four best players in the league at any time exactly. playing for you on court. Yes. So, at, for 48 minutes of, the, of, of a game, you can have either Curry or Durant or both on court. So, that's, that is a, it's a terrifying, terrifying, yeah, it's, a, it's a scary thought for opposing teams. But, but, if you look at the people that they have left on the team, like, their second unit is incredibly poor. 
So I, I mean, I'm looking at the depth chart right now, and you, I mean, behind Green, you have David West and James McAdoo. This this was a team that trotted out Festus Azili, and more importantly, Maurice Spates, who was incredible in spacing the floor last year. McAdoo is growing. There's no doubt about it, and he he he'll come into his own. But you you essentially. Anybody playing off out behind Green can't shoot the ball from beyond 15, 16, beyond 20 feet. David West, David West is a decent mid-range shooter, but his game's always been the, an inside game. That's what he moved to the to the Spurs for as well. Unless he decides to develop a jumper this summer, which is very, very, it's it's in play, right? It's in play that David West starts shooting more threes uh, this summer. Um, I mean, even at at, at center. Zaza Pachulia is not an upgrade on Bogut. At best, he's on par with Bogut. But behind him comes Damian Jones, who's, st- who's still an unproven product. Uh, behind in, in, on small forward is the, the the small forward position, which is Durant's position, is the only position they seem a little saucy. Which is behind Durant, you've got Udala coming, and you've got that kid Looney, who is proving to be was who did really well in 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 the D League, but. And then you move to the guards position. They are, the three other guards, other than Thompson and Curry, are Ian Clark, Patrick McCraw, and Sean Livingston. That second unit is woeful. So if the only way, the only, only, only way to beat the Warriors is to absolutely go berserk when they've got their second unit on the floor, that that's the only that's the only logical way to beat them because. Yes, I and I, I I buy into Koshik's point that you know they don't have rim protection. They 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 they, they generally lack they generally lack quality big men on the defensive end. But let, let's not forget that this team moves extremely extremely well on the defensive end, and with Durant with with Durant coming in, he brings incredible length. Durant's a really really good defender. Let's not forget he he played. Be a par like he played def- or first team defensive level, the first team level defensive. Um, uh, sorry, let me let me rephrase that. He played. <laughs> he, played he was really good. <laughs> he was really really good in the in, in the Western Conference Finals. Like incredibly yeah. good. Like he could have got all all team all all NBA first defensive team. Like that's how good he was in the NBA uh, in the NBA Western Conference Finals this year. So. He's he's an incredible defender as well. They defend well as a team, so I don't necessarily see them suffer. They will suffer at at uh, for, uh, from a rim protection point of view, but I don't see that being too much a challenge. My biggest biggest worry with them is that really woeful second unit. Like they've got, uh, unless uh, that rumor is true that Ray Allen is joining them. Uh, That'd be awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure how much a 40-year-old Ray Allen will bring to the table, but I mean, they need to. They need to strengthen up that second. That second unit. Their second unit. That second unit was what made the Warriors the Warriors. That second unit was what could, you know, could could, could allow Kerr confidently to uh, coach Kerr to confidently seat Curry and Thompson and Green if they were not working. That second unit was a was was a devastatingly good unit, and that unit does not exist right now. So that's how you beat the Warriors. Um, if the, if the yeah, that's 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 how you beat them. That's the only way. I'm rambling because I'm trying to figure out this thing myself. <laughs> so so I, I, I'm slightly more optimistic about their bench uh, because I feel in Livingston and Iggy, they have two guys who sh- who could be starters in any other team in the, the NBA and most of the teams in the NBA. I agree, um, but who else? And 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 the, and the thing is that like I, I was looking back at the 2010 Miami Heat when they were first formed, 
and and it, and people were saying the exact same things after lebron wade and watch who do you have and i think what we learned over the course of four years is that great players make shitty players look good so guys like mario chalmers and norris cole and joel anthony and mike miller's like zombie corps like all of them were able to contribute because they were open and free again uh, with these great players feeding them the ball and i think that's what's going to happen with the warriors is that like james mcmahon I do I think is out is going to have a big season. Ian Clark I think is going to have a pretty good season. Uh David West I'm not that high on but uh I think I think Zaza would be relatively useful for them. But yeah, uh, I agree that there is a problem in depth bench especially when it comes to size because they they're going to end up relying way too much on Draymond Green to be the inside guy. I know KD is a good rim protector but he doesn't do it often enough. Right, right. Uh I think I think, and I think a lot of this team's defensive identity is going to come down to one man alone, Draymond, uh, which could be a problem because Draymond, as much as we love him, is is a bit of uh, you know he's an unpredictable fellow, yeah. to say the least. Yeah, and on top of that, well, I, think I think both Draymond and Kevin Durant they're like secondary rim protectors. You need like a Stephen Adams or Andrew Bogut type of guy holding force. I'm not sure if Zaza is that kind of guy. So it'll be really interesting, I think, to see what their defensive identity is now. that there's no nobody to like hold forth there uh, there is there is basically there is basically no rim enforcer you know yeah. uh, bogut bogut was an enforcer let's let's make no mistake steven adams was an enforcer draymond greens an enforcer for sure but he is ideally i i wouldn't say a first line of defense or I mean, he's the first line of defense usually but even if he i mean he as a second line of defense his he's doesn't he doesn't have the the size and the strength to to be an enforcer at the rim and zaza was really really good with the mavericks people people that's one of the reasons why other teams were so up in arms about that deal that he signed i mean i'm sure you guys read about it there was insane amount of he was he was offered 22 million by the wizards and he turned them down for 2.9 million for the warriors exactly exactly and and that it's insane. that what Yeah, that's what owners are so up in arms about, and the reason he was offered twenty-two million. Let's not, let's not, let's not kid ourselves. So how 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 you norm how you some somebody made a very good point. Uh, I think it was Bill Simmons on his podcast. He said how you kind of rationalize the signings that have happened this year is you take the value that they were signed for and you divide it by two, and that's a that's a that's a good number to understand. So if Zaza was offered twenty-two, you're talking about him being offered eleven. right and that's a very very good deal because he 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 earned that money playing really really well for the mavericks yeah but the reason reason he took that the 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 lesser amount is because he a, he uh, he wanted to obviously win a championship and b he wanted to play in a great system the mavericks no doubt uh, are a team that that seem to be struggling but they still have a great system in place rick carlisle is a, rick carlisle is a fantastic coach and zaza didn't want to go to any other team didn't want to go to a team which whoever it may be that had a poor coach or who or, or didn't have a coach who was either as good as or better than rick carlisle and played in a fantastic system and the right now the only team that seemed viable to both those options which is one uh, a potential title contender and a great coach is uh, the golden state warriors so that's the that's the logical reason he made that that decision so he's really good but yeah i mean i agree with both you guys he's not he's not bogart or adams let's let's face it uh, he's going it's going to be tough for him to kind of uh, to earn his stripes here but i mean cuz a great coach yeah he's going to figure this out I, i i think this summer is really critical for the warriors so well i think this summer is going to be critical for everybody um 
and and it's not just the, it's basically now from the Warriors. Let's talk about the ripple effect of what the Warriors have caused. Uh, first and foremost, Russell Westbrook and Oklahoma City Thunder. Here's my other prediction: Russell Westbrook wins the MVP. He's gonna go on a fucking rampage. Like he's gonna almost a near triple double. Thoughts? I will like I will happily bet against you because while while I while I agree that like. Westbrook is going to go nuts especially when they play Golden State. Um I don't think like I don't think their team will be that good. So typically MVP votes go to teams that are in the like the top 5 at least in the league and I don't think the OKC team is anywhere near that. So that's my only concern with that. Even the crazy run that he had when Durant was injured and he looked like MVP kind of material, that team like barely scraped the playoffs. So if I'm not mistaken they even missed it. So I I don't see that happening for that very reason that the team is not going to be that good but I do I do agree that like this is going to be something absolutely specially mental that we, we'll see Russell Westbrook's mentalness go to another level I I can't wait to see that happen So Jonathan so, do you, do you think so, he'll even be there to 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 use to use a famous to use a famous uh, card game uh, phrase I see your Uh, Russell Westbrook going nuts in OKC um and averaging a triple double and possibly being being MVP candidate and i raise you do you think Russell Westbrook's in OKC in the next few weeks yeah that's the other trick question you know it'll be interesting if he because like, i've heard rumors they may be traded to the Boston Celtics which i know um would make Jordan either really happy or really worried <laughs> but if that happens If, if that happens then he's just, i i think the Celtics are the second best team in the east easily and uh Westbrook the Westbrook Horford Marcus Smart Avery Bradley that that group i think Westbrook could win an mvp award with that group i think so i agree with that uh, but Jonathan do you, do you think he stays in OKC for the rest of the season or like do you expect like a few people say that uh, if anything this is going to make Westbrook even more driven to stay in Oklahoma and carry that team forward so are, are you in line with that thought or do you think he's going to go somewhere else i don't see i can't i can't come up with one logical reason why he stays in okc either he moves or the team trades him so if if so if if it's if he stays this season then he's definitely moving next season there's no way okc can bring in especially with his contract up and he's going to be a max player I and mean, he is a max player let's not let's not kid ourselves right this guy is one of the top four players in the league he's a max player there is no way this the, the okc team is going to to um to indulge him and get another max or close to max level player right these are the same guys who skimped on 5 million dollars or 7 million dollars depending on 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 who you read 5 to 7 million dollars by not signing james harden who was who was already taking a 18 or 20 million dollar discount on his max contract in 2012 2013 so this is the same team that said oh we can't go over a million extra dollars they are not going to bring another max level contract now that being said if they are completely aware of this situation this 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 is an impending situation waiting to happen right they cannot for the life of themselves let westbrook go for nothing in return they already it's already happened in durant it happened with it it it, it happened with james harden and, and 
I I like what they got for Ibaka. So they need to be that smart. Like if they have to, if if I mean there is no logical reason why Westbrook should be on this team, or rather uh, Westbrook will be on this team uh, down the line. And and in if 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 everything if if you go by again rational thinking, hopefully that is okay. If you're rational, then Sam Presti is too smart a manager not. to to let even the, the same thing that happened with uh, with with Durant Sam Presti is too smart to let that happen with 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 Westbrook as well which is why you're hearing these really really strong rumors i mean Westbrook Westbrook also no matter what people say about him uh, and his 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 burning desire to prove to the world that he doesn't need a Durant Westbrook also wants to chase a ring and So and let's be clear about that. That's that's his intention, and he's not going to get one with OKC. It's it's not going to happen. They should totally trade him because if they don't, and he leaves for nothing next year, they're you know. Let's look back at the haul they had these last few years. I mean, I gotta say, uh, Presti at at drafting players was at a genius level. Uh, they got Durant, they got Westbrook, they got Harden, they got Ibaka, and they traded for Jeff Green for Ray Allen on on right. uh, draft night, and. If he leaves, they'd be left with all of this. Possibly, uh, the, this is possibly one of the greatest runs of drafting in recent NBA history. I don't think anyone has enjoyed a five-year run like this at least since you know the eighties. Um, right. All they would be left with is Ola Depot and 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 Stephen Adams to show for it. You know, pretty much. Yeah. So exactly. They should trade him. Um, moving on. Uh, uh, How motivated is LeBron James coming into this? When he sees this happening, when he sees like basically the two the two teams that were gonna that were threats to beat him have now basically become one super team, and and Le- in my opinion, LeBron is the big winner of this whole situation because he gets a ring for Cleveland. He gets to be motivated again for another ring, and even if he loses, people will still feel like, oh, okay, well, you know, the Warriors were supposed to win, and if he beats the Warriors, he goes into a, a crazy upper echelon once more. I'm going to say something really blasphemous here, uh, and I hope I don't get. I, I hope I don't get shot for this. Uh, it depends. Yeah, it depends. Exactly. Uh, I so I agree with you on the point of view that uh, I agree with you that this summer's biggest winner are not the Warriors. This year's this this summer's biggest winner is LeBron James because yeah. he he promised. the city of cleveland a championship and delivered on that on that champ, on that championship against insurmountable odds i mean this guy was beyond human during the finals so here's my blasphemous statement a near blasphemous statement if yes i think i know LeBron, what's coming if lebron wins a championship against the warriors oh don't finish that sentence I know it's very good. If LeBron James wins a championship against beating the 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 Golden State Warriors and this super team, a fully healthy one, right? By the way, a fully healthy one. Let's make me. I'll 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 add that aspect as well. This will be the first time in the history of the NBA we can have a conversation, or we can open the conversation. On is LeBron James as great as Michael Jordan? 
I'm glad you said as great. I was thinking you're going to say like greater than. That that's not going to happen until he gets to he gets to ring five at least. Yeah, that's right. True. But if he wins, if if he wins this, and he gets a ring five as well, considering what he's done to get those five rings, then we can have that conversation of greater. But now, if he wins the championship this year against the Warriors, a fully healthy Warriors, there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that he is in conversation with. the greatest of all time with with uh, as is he as great as michael jordan so so uh, and and uh, let's let's remember this fact right that uh, nobody has had a better 13 year start to their nba career than lebron james like his his first 13 years in the nba are greater than any other nba players ever granted he had a 2 to 4 year head start that something barkley brought up uh, in 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 his conversation with simmons and but l- l- this guy has lived up to every single expectation we've had of him since he was 18 years old right whether it was multiple championships whether it was multiple mvps whether it was uh, fighting and and playing and working himself into the conversation Of, of of being compared to a Kobe or a, or or a Michael Jordan, this guy has done it all. And let's not forget that when Kobe came into the league, he did not have the kind of expectation that LeBron had. And let's not kid ourselves there. Kobe had a lot of expectations. People thought he was going to be a great player. People expected him to be a great player, but nobody nobody expected him to get to a conversation where he could be considered. as great as michael jordan he did that kobe brought that conversation upon himself by imitating jordan in so many ways in good ways whether it's the you know the, the great footwork whether it's the fadeaway jumper whether it's the celebration after a game everything kobe brought put himself in that conversation lebron had this conversation going on since he was 18 this people have been talking about this kid since he was 18 like he is possibly the next michael jordan yes we always do that with a lot of a lot of kids but uh think of it nobody's lived up to that expectation the way lebron has so the moment he gets ring 4 for me he's greater than kobe and 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 everybody else the moment he gets to ring 5 man that is like that is history altering stuff so ring 4 versus the warriors versus a fully healthy warriors and again let me let me clarify once again it, that ring 4 has to come against a fully healthy warriors if for some reason the warriors go down either don't make it to the finals or go down then a ring four for me will still put lebron over kobe but not in the goat not in the greatest of all time of of all time conversation so my very quick thought on that is that if he does win another ring i think he puts him in the conversation for second place i think we are all too quick to basically get to number 1 I think in my opinion Jordan is so far ahead. He basically never had a bad season game. I know you can say the same thing about Le- LeBron too. He's been consistently great for 13 years which I 100% agree with you. But MJ the way he dominated his peers like there was never a season in MJ's prime where someone like Steph Curry or Kevin Durant were better than him. Yeah. That said, he, was, he was undeniably as long as he was in the league he was undeniably the best player. The Nobody best player in the NBA. Uh, like, 
LeBron's most recent championship victory with, with the Cavs, I think it's his most impressive one because of what he did. But that said, he was he only played at the god level for about ten days in the whole season. <laughs> like he didn't right. really like this whole season. In my opinion, belonged to Steph Curry. The, the season was Steph Curry's story, and LeBron kind of stole it from him in the last ten days. And I think that, that is very impre- it is impressive. But at the same time, I there is it's not as impressive to me the way Michael Jordan destroyed people because he he destroyed them every day. He basically was never not the best. Um, yeah, then uh, Koshik, what do you think? What do you think LeBron comes back next year uh, hungrier, or is he going to be like a bit taken aback from what's happened in 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 Oakland? I think there'll be a lot of what happened this year as well. You you'll see that the Cavaliers they'll start slow. They'll not really kick into high gear until it really matters towards the end. But I think they they will feel a little disrespected that fact that. Cleveland won the title. I don't think in in all my years of following the title, like as little attention has been given to the fact that somebody won it. It was all oh my god, Golden State lost after seventy three nine. Oh my god, this happened, and then almost immediately everybody spoke about free agency and the draft and stuff like that. I feel like there's there's not enough attention and credit given to what Cleveland did and what LeBron's done. And just the fact that this whole super team has been formed by Warriors and Kevin Durant, I think that's going to only amplify as the season goes forward. So I have a feeling that they will feel, and especially LeBron will feel a little disrespected in this whole process. And we're going to see the same like epic LeBron in the playoffs. And I'm, I'm actually, I think he'll be driven by that. Like he, I agree with you, Karan, that he gets his motivation from like the unlikeliest of sources, and they're going to be. They're going to be really good. He's going to be really good, and yeah, I think like I think it's kind of clear. We already know who the finals will be for next season, but it's it's going to be a whole different kind of matchup, and it's it's going to be fantastic. Um. So you mentioned free agency, Jonathan. In my opinion, like a bigger shock than KD leaving the Thunder was Dwayne Wade leaving leaving Miami. I think that to me is just shocking. I, I honestly thought that Wade was going to be a, a heater, they call them, whatever it is, the Miami Heat player, till the day he retires. And I think you mentioned something on Twitter about about loyalty. I think we had the conversation. Right. Tell me how that made you feel when Wade left, and and your opinion on on like like what was your first reaction when when somebody like when you saw Wade going to Chicago? It. It's it, it, it's very very hard. It's very very hard to see this. Like I, if for me seeing not seeing Dwayne Wade in a Miami uniform would be just short of being devastated. Not seeing Tim Duncan in a Spurs uniform. Like for me, it it's just it, it is in my opinion. So this is the thing, right? When. Twenty years down the line, when somebody looks at at, at the history of, or, or looks look looks back at the 2016 NBA summer, the 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 story that the overarching story is going to be Kevin Durant and how he moved to the Warriors, right? But nobody, and this this is this is what saddens me. Nobody realizes the magnitude of of Dwayne Wade living Miami. Dwayne, let's 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 be clear. Dwayne Wade was Miami. Right, he he had he was the guy who 
he nobody embodied the concept of Miami Heat or nobody stood for or nobody was a bigger ambassador for Miami Heat than Dwayne Wade. Even big, he was even bigger than uh, Moaning in my in my opinion. Yes. And so for him to make a decision to leave was it was clear you you could you could just you could see people going absolutely spe- speechless and and i'm not talking fans right i'm not talking fans going speechless i'm talking people who've been following the league for 20 25 following and covering the league for 25 maybe 30 years maybe 40 years these people on social media twitter all these guys david aldridge zack low like you know these are stalwarts of the industry who 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 who've been following the nba so closely they themselves were shocked Absolutely shocked. So, my shock was obviously nothing compared to what these guys may have been feeling. It's just, I, I, I get probably on some level. Nobody knows the the details are still very murky. Uh, there are no, I mean, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of rumors. There's a lot of allegations. There's a lot of stuff that's being said. Pat Riley came out in a press conference yesterday and said that I regret seeing him leave, or I regret not doing more for him. I was, I, I was, I was shocked. Something he said that when I was I, when he left. So it, nobody knows why he left, right? There are lots of theories being thrown, but the fact that he left, in my opinion, is as as we speak, or for me personally, will always be the bigger story. I know when my kids see this 20 years down the line, they'll probably think of me. They'll probably think I'm a fool for 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 convincing or talking to them otherwise. But for me, this will always be the biggest story of this summer, like Dwayne Wade leaving Miami. So, so I have a question for for both of you, and this something I was uh, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, so, Dwayne Wade's left Miami. Kevin Durant has left Oklahoma City Thunder. Al Horford has left Boston. Like all of these guys were basically drafted by the teams that that they were on. They they basically wore the same jersey all their careers. And in Durant's case, he was supersonic first. Never forget. Uh, but that said, they're not going to be the one team guys anymore. The guys that we uh, you mentioned, Duncan. I think Dirk Nowitzki is, is one of those guys. He's going to be a Maverick uh, forever. Kobe as a Laker. Who do you think among these young guys? We look in the future, and we now we're going to have this conversation 10, 15 years from now, whenever it is. Uh, the the young stars in the NBA. Who, who who among these guys do you think will retire with the team? Be the next Duncan or Dirk or Kobe? So you know we're talking about guys like. Kyrie Irving or Stephen Curry or Jimmy Butler or Kawhi Leonard or Damian Lillard, like there's a bunch of these young talents. Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns. Who among this? Question. Uh, want you to answer this first. It's it's like fundamentally our idea of this one team player has changed, right? Like there's nothing that uh, there's nothing out of play now. Like Wade leaving nothing Miami. Nothing is nothing is sacred anymore. Exactly. Like Wade leaving Miami is that kind of magnitude. And Jonathan, you said it completely right. It's just one step below Spurs not having Tim Duncan and him having him play for another team. That's it's like fundamentally everything is broken. So it, I'm I'm gonna say something like cop out and say never say never. But if I had to pick, um, it's it's hard to see Curry in another jersey. I think especially given what he's achieved and. I think the fact that if if you're like a superstar and you won a title before you're 28 or 29 it's going to be it's going to make it easier for you to remain with that one team and a lot of times um it's it's mostly because somebody's chasing a ring like with with Wade it's really weird I think it's a case of like 
him being under under respected and undervalued by uh, Pat Riley and Miami but that's not going to happen very often um when you have like a once in a generation type player you go all out to do something with that i think so in, in that case i think steph curry kawhi leonard these are the kind of guys i think in like really really solid players and really really solid systems and like a a team culture that's come up and if you won titles along that path you're going to be a little more hesitant in terms of switching teams and that's that's probably my, like my two odds on favorites to um, to be one team guys Jonathan what do you think because I, loyalty goes both ways the player has to be loyal and the team has to be loyal I I completely I completely agree with Kaushik on everything that he said we are we are we are we are in agreement here which is actually kind of boring I I like it when Kaushik <laughs> <and> Kaushik. <laughs> So Karan you got to, you got to come up with more controversial questions yeah if, it, if, if Kaushik and me Kaushik and me are, are agreeing to everything the people will tune out but I I 100% I 100% agree with Kaushik here uh, and also with your with the point that you made so I'll address that first which is teams need to be loyal before uh, just as much as players need to be loyal right uh, the the reason so obviously the the bigger reason that's been thrown around that Wayne Wade left Miami is because he felt that Miami so he took he had taken he had taken less money obviously to form the super team and he was expecting Miami to match uh, a, a larger offer that could come his way which uh, apparently Miami didn't Uh, again these are all uh, allegations no nobody knows uh, the the real, real truth behind these things but it, it it's very easy to see how uh Wayne Wade felt that maybe Miami didn't have his best interest at heart, uh, interest at heart. and that's also that's also for example the reason why uh, and you know, bring bring us back brings us back full circle to Kevin Durant why do you think Kevin Durant left thunder it's not because he wanted to join the warriors obviously he was in chasing he was chasing a ring but he felt at some point of, at some at some level on some level he felt that okc could not put together a, a team that could compete for the championship and uh yes we can we can we we know in heart of hearts that if it would have been great to see okc against golden state warriors but if and let's let's be very clear uh, bob myers when he uh, post the uh, post the conf- uh, you know post the law post the finals loss he was very very clear his words were quote unquote we will be aggressive in the summer obviously nobody expected that aggressive to turn into kevin durant but everybody expected if if it was not kevin durant you can bet your ass that these guys would have been they would have fortified their team which means them going up against okc wouldn't have been made of too much it would have made great basketball maybe it's a seven game series but there's again potential that the warriors would take would would beat these guys so on some level you have to under, you have to accept the fact that kevin durant didn't feel like the thunder make or could put together a team together so for me that's also loyalty right it's not just necessarily signing you for the max contract or keeping you happy it's also about being able to give you the best chance to win a championship because let's face it the guys who are the best in the league are guys who are chasing championships they are not the they, others they don't become the best in the league we've seen way too many players who who been drafted in the in the in the top 10 go down the drain because they didn't have the motivation to win a championship for them it was all money so that being said um i agree with kashik on the on the two players that he mentioned which is curry and kawhi and and curry because curry is just that kind of a guy right and and the warriors seem to be that kind of an organization now joe lakeup is is uh, i understand is a tough businessman no doubt about it but he also understands that curry is a face 
Curry means more to the organization than just the basketball player that he is, right? Curry is a super duper global star. Nobody, not even Jordan, uh, resonated across demographics the way Curry does. So Curry is far more important to the Warriors organization than just his points and his ability to bring home championships. His 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 value as a brand is far far higher. So if and and Joe Lacob understands this from a business point of view, but also of course the fact that he is. Curry, he's Stephen Curry. He is a superstar. He was the best player in the league last year. He was. He's a two-time MVP. You don't just trade a two-time MVP away. Yes, if you're the Phoenix Suns, you do. But <laughs> that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's, that, that's um, a good, yeah. Uh, I also have a very boring, answer, but it's not Curry. My my answer is with what Koshik first said. I think it's more likely to be Kawhi Leonard than anyone else, because um, I think it fits the. I think I think Kawhi to us is the is basically what Duncan was. He he gets an organization which already had a core system. He won a title and a Finals MVP award really early into his career, and I feel that the Spurs are more of a human loyal organization as compared to the Warriors, who are. I mean, even though I agree with most of the points you made, Jonathan, I have a feel. I think Joe Lacob is enough of a cold-minded businessman that in after seven or eight years, if Curry's knees are too shoddy, like it might be a Derrick Rose situation. Where he'll be willing to take the, the the financial risk or or the, the public risk to let him go, whereas I don't think uh, the Spurs and the Kawhi divorce is ever happening. I agree with you one hundred percent. He was going to be my second player, and I, 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 I don't think I, I I these are the two players. If you had asked me to, if you, you held held a gun to my head and asked me to pick two players, these are the only two players who I see legitimately staying with their teams for the rest of their careers. Uh, and and I agree with you on the fact that it's in the case of the Spurs, the organization is loyal. They everybody knows. How difficult it was for Pop to let go of George Hill, and, and you know, for for and and that's because as an organization, they they just don't do that. It's not in them to trade people because you know we sh- we should get better. They they let go of in, in this case, for example, they let go of Boris Diaw because they needed to clear cap space, no doubt about it. But it's. As as an organization, it's just not in their nature to do that to the stars that they 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 they, they not breed. You know what's the word I'm looking for? Develop. They they develop. develop. Yes, they do. It's not it's not in them to do that to their stars. And the and the good thing is because of the organization, whether it's R C Buford, whether it's Pop, as as an organization, the the good thing is the players understand this about the organization, so they understand that the organization is loyal to them. So they in turn. Swear loyalty to the organization, and and historically that's the case, right? Whether it's Tony Parker, whether it's Manu Ginobili, a whole bunch of people who retired as Spurs, or will eventually retire as Spurs, it it's clear that the organization is damn loyal. So that's where it will and it will stay that way. So yeah, my my two picks are in in sync. As as much as I I bemoan the fact <laughs> that we are in sync with Koshiks. Um, yeah, Curry and Curry and Leonard are my two choices as well. Okay, so since we talked about loyalty, let's move on to a bit of unloyalty, and and watch you guys give your quick thoughts on some new moves that have happened. And uh, wh- what do you think? It's a good move, bad move, or a meh move? You know. So Dwight Howard in in the Hawks, Koshik. Oh man, come on! Like, are we still talking about Dwight in 2016? <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan. Um. I'm going to go with a little more than Mayer, uh, for the simple reason that Dwight is still uh, 
a top eight center in the league, right? Point one. Point two, he's moved into the Eastern Conference, which is comparatively easier. And point three, a point three, he's gone back home, which hopefully should motivate him. And point four, if you think about it, Dwight's never really played played with a good point guard, right? He, I, I think the best point guard he's had is. Um, I would say Jameer Nelson. Still yeah, that, Jameer. that never happened. Yeah, exactly. Never happened. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> thanks for invoking that memory, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Basketball reasons. Yeah, that, that's my that's my thing. That's my thing. It's it is. It, uh, he's not really had a great point guard, and and obviously Dennis Dennis Schroeder is not a great point guard, but he's a solid point guard. He's a pass first point guard. He understands how how a point guard plays. He he plays into that. He he's 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 built as a point guard. That's what he's he's, he's he has a point guard mentality. So for me. I think it's a little more than meh for me. I'm not too impressed because in general with Hawford, the Hawks were really, really potent. Um, yeah. So, I, that, I, was my, that was going to be my point. Like, I don't see uh, Dwight being better for the Hawks than Paul Hawford was. Um, well, okay, so then speaking about Hawford, he's in, he's in the Celtics, which is your favorite team or one of your favorite teams. Uh, good pickup. What do you feel about Al Hawford's fit in Boston? I am absolutely kicked out about it. Yeah, like, it's great. Pick. It's incredible because, see, the here's the problem, right? Boston still has a glaring issue in who's taking that shot. We are we are down to. We need somebody to take that shot. We've got ten seconds left. One possession. Who's taking that shot right now? It's Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah yeah, Thomas, Thomas is five. Isaiah Thomas is five nine. Right, you like I, I I have the highest respects for this man. I've met him in person. He's an incredible human being. But if you put if 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 they're against, say it's game seven, you're up against the Cavs. I don't know how you get to game seven against the Cavs. But let's say you get to game seven against the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals. You're down two points. You've got ten seconds. And if your if your answer is Isaiah Thomas, I'm going to. Combat that with Kyrie Irving, who's got five inches on him, or I've got Kevin, or I've got, or I've got James, who's got a foot on him. Like how is how is how is Isaiah Thomas going to get past any of these guys? So that's my that's my glaring problem with Celtics. I think Isaiah Thomas is a fantastic player till about two minutes into the game. Uh, he obviously he's a great clutch player, also no doubt about it. But my concern with the Celtics is who is taking that final shot now with Hawford there. That provides an interesting option to them, right? Because you don't necessarily need to take the outside shot. If you can figure a way to get the ball in, Hoffert's really crafty around the rim, right? He's got a very reliable jumper up a few feet. So then you run probably a pick and roll with Isaiah and Hoffert, and either one of them can pop the ball. So if the if the if the screen switches, or if if somehow uh, uh, and the screen switches and and the the, the 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 matchup is weak for either one of them. They can take advantage. So that's the reason why I'm really really happy with the Hawford signing. Not only not only does he bring a lot of offensive and defensive stability uh, to the Celtics, who are fairly young and I mean they were they were obviously a little helter skelter. They were they were a bit like a headless chicken last year uh, during the during the playoffs during the season. They were great, but it allows Brad Stevens to have. Uh, 
as as much as Isaiah Thomas is going to be the point guard, I think the floor general, which is normally the point guard for for a team, I think the floor general on the Celtics will be the will be, will be Horford. So for me, I really really like that move. I think they are one move away to being title contenders. They're st- they are they are Eastern con- on conference uh, finalists for me, but they are one move away from being title contenders. I agree. And Kaushik, do you think that they can be... <clears throat> I think I also agree with Jonathan. They are going to be the second best team in the East. I think that's on lock now. Brad Stevens is an amazing coach. They have great auxiliary pieces. And we are assuming nothing else changes. Like We are assuming this is how uh, they continue. Do you think they will be the second best team in the East? Or is there anyone else? I think they're probably the ones with the best shot. But I wouldn't call it a lock yet. I'm quite intrigued to see what uh, somebody like Indiana does. And I know we'll get to this soon. But... Uh, I actually have like this weird thing, weird feeling about Knicks. It can either go really yeah, well. Yeah, baby. It can go really Woo! well, really bust. But before we get to that, before like your <laughs> orgasm finishes, Karan, but <laughs> uh, I like I'm like in partial agreement with what um, Jonathan says. I think the fact that Hofford is like such an established like go-to player that's going to be really good for Boston. But I also think that he's this intermediate process where I know that there's. There's going to be more with this team. Like I don't know what that will be, but there's a move or two before they get to the final state that they want to be. And in the meantime, to have like a really high character guy like Horford uh, to to hold the ship steady while that happens, I think like the Celtics fans can't complain right now. I think. No, I'm still dying complaining. <laughs> <laughs> But 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 uh, just I mean, to, just to quickly address uh, because obviously we uh, the Pacers also made huge you I mean great moves uh, this off season they yes yeah I mean they they had to let go of uh, I mean so let's quickly segue into that I mean they had to let go of George Hill no doubt about it but I don't think Jeff Jeff T is uh, is uh, is a downgrade I think as a matter of fact if not if if not an upgrade he's at least on par like he's 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 super intelligent he's super smart. Very reliable. He does shy away in big moments a little. Like it was clear that he was a little intimidated. Not really. Actually, it was quite. Actually, the whole Hawks team was super intimidated against the Cavaliers because the Cavaliers were just red hot from out during uh, outside, from the from the arc. But you could see a little bit of intimidation in his eyes. I I think George Hill handles that differently. That being said, I think he's an incredible point guard. I think he's 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 on par for having a really good season. Um, him and uh, 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 What's the gentleman's name? Uh, Monte Ellis are going to form a fantastic uh, backcourt. So I think the Pacers, uh, and and you great that you brought this point up, Kaushik. I I I feel that they have a chance to be the second best team. I still would like to go with the Celtics, not just because I'm obviously biased, but I just think Brad Stevens is a an incredible coach, and B I also think that. The Celtics are poised and have enough of assets to make a run at a really, really good player. That's true. Um, and I, somebody who, 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 who is wrong. That's true. And also, yeah, Russell Westbrook. The, cough, cough, uh, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> and also, the Pacers, <laughs> yeah, the Pacers have a new coach as well. So, I think that might take some time before they get they get in like fully into that system. But, Karan, like, I, I briefly brought this up. I don't know if you're still alive, but... Um, the Knicks. I'm still I'm still orgasming, but I can keep talking. It's fine. <laughs> the Knicks. <laughs> what, what's your feeling about Knicks and Rose and Noah and Courtney Lee and and whatnot? Sec, 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 second round exit, baby. <laughs> Here we come. 
it's been a long time since like the Knicks have not been a laughing stock. So for for them just to be not talk like every time you mention them and not laugh at them is a win for me right now. You know, so um, I like I, I I absolutely love this team. I think Courtney Lee was one of the smartest signings that the Knicks made. Um, Derek Rose is a smart signing. If he sucks this year, his one-year contract is fine. I think Joakim Noah is a bit of a risk, some people think. But because of what he brings off the court as a great chemistry locker room guy, I think he deserves that money. And he, he's one of those guys that I, I feel should have always been a Nick. He's from New York. He really embodies like the spirit of the team. Yeah, he's um, like, Brandon Jennings. Like He can play for two teams. Like he's, he's a character guy for just two teams. And he's already played for one and he's going to play for the other. That's he's a character guy. He's a character guy wherever he goes. He's one of these great guys that I think wherever he shows up, like like an older Kevin Garnett, like wherever he shows up, he's gonna make a cultural difference. And I think um, so. I'm really happy to have him. I think the Knicks will be decent. Um, this is Carmelo Anthony's last year to kind of prove himself as, um, in my opinion, as somebody who could possibly be in the MVP conversation. Not that he will be, but I think if he doesn't do it this year, then it's it's not happening again. And of course, you know how high I'm on, I am on Zingis um, Khan, aka Porzing God, who's going to be amazing. I think he's taking this. I think he's taking the second year leap this year. Oh shit! Like Karan, can you check your heartbeat and stuff? Like you're, you're. I like. You're different. No, no. Yeah. I, <laughs> big breath. I like so, how I like how optimistically pessimistic Karan Madhok is. Oh, <laughs> second round, second round elimination. Here we come. <laughs> If you've been a Knicks fan for as many years as I have, a second round, a second round appearance is a huge deal. At this I point. completely feel you, know, you. It's great. <laughs> um, and I think the last big signing was um, Derek Rose's old team letting go of Pau Gasol, who's now with the Spurs. Uh, what do you guys think? You think the Spurs have a shout? Like they're kind of going the other way. They're continuing to be the big team. Do you think that this core of the Warriors in the West, Jonathan? Uh, they're not going to dismantle the Warriors. There's no doubt about it. Uh, it's going to be really, really, really hard for them to to beat a Warriors team as potent as as the one that's assembled. So, uh, you know, I, I I still I still like the Warriors' chances for finalists um, for NBA finalists or championship contenders. Uh, but that being said, let's not forget that Gasol, uh, uh, rather Tim Duncan for I mean Gasol for Tim Duncan, which is effectively what happened, right? Duncan's yes. retired and Gasol's Gasol's in. That's a huge Great upgrade. upgrade. Yes, it's quite an upgrade. Uh, Gasol still has a lot left in the tank. I mean, he's uh, definitely towards the end of his career. I think he has at least two three years as a very very productive. Big man, and maybe another three, four years more than that. He, he's got at least another five to seven years at least, and two of that will definitely be as a very, very high-level big man. And let's not forget that Gasol is um, is, is Spanish. He's a, he's, a, he's a player from Spain, and if, if you if you if you've learned anything about those Spanish teams that gave uh, the gave the U.S. team nightmares in the 2012 Olympics in the finals, this. That the Gasol can really, really thrive in a system that moves the ball the way uh, the, the Spurs does. 
like that's his forte that's what he does for a living and that's how, that's what he's been brought up on that's the basketball he's brought up on that's the kind of culture he hoped to create when he was with chicago that's the kind of culture he was hoping to create when he was with the lakers and and the lakers completely screwed it up by by i by doing i don't know what to be honest i mean yes he managed try to make him into a stretch four yeah and, and he did he did man obviously they he uh, it was it was on his strengths as well that they won those two championships but uh, uh, and okay i so said that's another thing that he brings to the table he brings championship he he brings championship caliber basketball so i think the spurs have upgraded i'm really really um uh, uh, um among the bigger disappointments disappointments for me personally as a fan this season uh, this summer is the departure of Boris Diaw i am that really really bugged me to be honest but i i can see why the spurs have to do it but i the, the spurs have upgraded there's no doubt about yes. it i think they've gotten incredibly better i think they were not the okay in that last last players okc just wanted that they wanted that win bad they wanted it more than the spurs it was clear uh, i also feel that the spurs lost the series last year because quiet and show up as much as he should have lamarcus was great no doubt about it he he had his moments uh, of 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 slippage but he was he was he was actually quite great in that series i think the spurs lost that series because quiet and show up i think this is a season quiet now realizes because he he overachieved as a finals mvp let's not forget that right nobody expected him to get to that level yes. that and that that team that won the 2014 championship was a team full of overachievers whether it was Danny Green whether it's Paddy Mills whether it's Kyle Leonard but once you once you've gotten past that overachievers tag and you 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 move to the next season you have to realize you have to step up your game Kyle should have been averaging 25 and 10 in that in that series and that's what he didn't do so um I think he understands that now. I think I I personally feel he is he will understand the the loss to OKC will will help him grow. So this first team is going to be super potent, but I don't necessarily see them going getting past a, a healthy Warriors team. It's a different story if the Warriors don't uh, uh, suffer an untimely injury, but against a healthy Warriors team, a healthy Spurs team, it's going to be very very challenging. Probably seven game series, but there is nobody else in that way so that's another point right i don't see any other west team coming in the way so it's not like the clippers are going to be a challenge it's not hell no yeah there there isn't a team that's going to put like we can almost lock in the nba western western conference finals saying that the spurs and the warriors are going to be finalists i don't see any other team putting up putting up any sort of challenge to that uh, to that western conference prediction Koshik as a as a Laker fan and as a like you know I, I know you're a fan of the Spanish team as well don't you think uh, Gasol was just born to play for the Spurs like it just feels like such a perfect fit so i have to say that like i'm the biggest Pau Gasol fan in the world like i think he should be I love Pau Gasol he should be in the people, he should be the prime minister he should be in the people <laughs> hall of fame not just basketball hall of fame that's how amazing he is but uh here you go like it it's taken us like 100 minutes i think Jonathan but i think we finally disagree <laughs> uh, i think yes I yes think... i can celebrate now <laughs> i feel so <laughs> uh, i think pogo sol to san antonio is like 3 years too late he's he's got stuff left in his tank still but he's like he's not even close to the same player he was uh, when in, when he was with the lakers and i think that's that was his peak but the thing is 
he probably doesn't need to be that in San Antonio, so that works well for San Antonio. So what what he offers for them is a much easier transition between. Uh, okay, before before we get to that, I think San Antonio completely changed their style of play last season, and I felt at every point of last season that the identity they changed to, which is a lot more iso ball with Kawhi and Lamarcus, it's just way too early for that to completely click. So I think they'll be a lot better at that this season. At the same time, not lose their pass and flow kind of. Hey, they still won sixty-seven games. Uh, they did without an identity, which is. Pretty damn impressive. That is that is really impressive. But at at all points of time, didn't you ever did you always feel like Golden State was like way ahead in their in their trajectory to a championship than San Antonio is, and especially but, given the fact. But that's more. To, but that's more because Golden State were just brilliant. Like I don't think San Antonio, on any other year San Antonio Spurs were. I think the Warriors are just another level, or they were until the finals. That's true, that's true. <laughs> I, 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 I also think that San Antonio probably overachieved a little bit last season. They are the masters of the regular seasons. I think they've gamed it so well that by default they're going to win 60 games no matter what. And it, it's just a matter of whether it's 62, 65, 67, whatever it is. So in that case, I think that Gasol at this age, what he is right now, he offers them good balance between what they aim to be, which is... A little more ISO heavy, little more physical, little more um, big, com- closer to what they used to be in the earlier years, as opposed to what they were uh, when they won the title against Miami and so on. But I think it's a massive downgrade defensively. They they did not have any amount of interior defense last year when Tim Duncan wasn't playing, and even when he was, he was a shade of who he, uh, who Tim Duncan was a few years ago. And uh, Gasol is. He's tall. He like he's like deceptively tall. He's not necessarily really good defensively, and uh, it's good that they have Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green in the wings. It does, doesn't nec- need to come all the way till the till the ring, but I think the, with losing Diaw and Tim Duncan, they've lost a little bit of depth as well. David West is gone too, so I don't know if it's like a, such a clear upgrade, but. It puts them in prime spot for second spot in Western Conference. That that much I agree with. But uh, I think I still think like Gasol to San Antonio is two or three years too late. Oh, I love it! I love every point you made because I can disagree with everything now. <laughs> this is fantastic. This is this is the home stretch. This is the home stretch of of the of the podcast. So so here it is, right? Um, I completely disagree with your with with your uh, with your analysis that. Um, Gasol's done. Yes, it's been, it may seem that way. He's played. I'm just I'm looking at his stats right now. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. About 15, 16 seasons in, in, in the league, right? Now, here are Gasol's numbers from last season. And, and Chicago was fairly... It's not like Gasol could dominate the ball because they had a healthy Rose and they had a healthy Butler, right? Yet... Gasol averaged 16.5 points a game and 11 rebounds a game, which is uh, pretty much his. Yeah, it's the second highest rebound, second highest rebounding person, uh, rebounds he's had per game uh, since the 2009-2010 Lakers season. 16.5 points a game, which are which are which was a downgrade from the last season. But here's the best part, Mr. Kaushik. You said that is, I mean, generally and and. 
so my refute was that he's he's a far better defender than people give him credit for but the numbers back it up the guy had two he, he averaged two blocks a game which for me is 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 and that from the looks of it is a second is the second yeah it's a second highest blocks per game he's had his entire career so i i mean i didn't need the numbers to actually have this conversation because i disagree <laughs> No, the, the, the reason is we fundamentally disagree on the fact that Gasol is. Uh, uh, from, from uh, we fundamentally disagree on Gasol's defensive powers. I think he is a highly underrated defender. I think he's a really smart defender, and he may not be as savvy defensively savvy as Duncan. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he by his own admission, he'll tell you that. But there is absolutely no doubt that Duncan was on his way down and. Like, Okay, it's obvious, right? Duncan retired, so there is no, there is nothing to be, there's nothing to discuss here. Duncan knew he was done. I mean, it was he, he put up some effort, and Duncan was only surviving because he's such a such an incredibly smart player. There was nothing, nothing about Duncan's last season that suggested that he was physically up to it. Everything that that. It was everything was indicative of the fact that his body had completely broken down. He was just playing on complete smarts. Now you have a player that who may not be as smart as Duncan, but is still one of the smartest big men in the league, and who is is definitely a defensive upgrade to Duncan. Maybe not in the from a smarts perspective, but physically he can throw his body around. He can he can he can go up against opposing centers. So I think Gasol is going to be uh, I think Gasol is going to be great for the Spurs. I uh, and uh, you know and I'm I'm really happy that we finally disagreed on something thank you karan madhok like now doing your job this is uh, so well, i can like, actually go like 20 more minutes to refute your points but i think our podcast listeners will be like that's enough enough let's, let's just end this thing <laughs> yeah let's so go i want to say this um we gave a whole podcast to kobe when he was retiring koshik yeah and very aptly we're going to give a few minutes a few short minutes to in my opinion the greatest power forward of all time one of the top 5 players in the list of my list of players ever to play tim duncan finally hangs it up man like i've been watching basketball for as long as tim duncan i mean i, I cannot imagine a world where tim duncan hasn't been playing in the nba and, and it, it was definitely one of the most i, I mean he, he did look out of it as jonathan mentioned he did look he looked like this should be his last year i know hoped he would play one more season but uh, it was such a dunkinest way of going he's like well i'm out see you guys and 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 the, and the machine shuts itself down he didn't even make it to his own press conference that's the most dunkin thing ever it, it was exactly so beautiful like cricket popovich uh, with, with tears in his eyes like it, it was such a genuine real relationship that that team had with this one player koshik you mentioned that they were the masters of the regular season yeah Tim Duncan never missed the playoffs and never won less than 60% of his regular season games. Like this guy is a basketball genius savant and um people only I think the younger fans only think of him as some just this old guy who's smart and is a great teammate. But this guy was a back-to-back MVP. He was uh, basically a top 5 player in the NBA for a 10 year stretch or so. Um Jonathan how does this make you feel the the end of the Duncan era? it is easily one of the worst things that has happened to me in my life uh uh it 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 depressed me so much that i had a problem with my appetite for two days i actually texted a friend of mine telling and here's the thing right 
we knew that he was going to retire. It, 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 whether it was this season, next season, it was eventually going to come. And it was clear that he, his body was taking the the games were taking a toll on him. No matter how smartly Popovich managed his minutes, but I'm I'm with you, uh, Karan, and you, I think you and I are on the same page here. The perspective that I started watching uh, NBA in, in in the NBA in 2000. I, I got interested in the game in 98-99. One of my favorite players, um, and I, I couldn't watch games that time right? because I was in the Gulf. So I only the only way I could keep in touch with the NBA was through Slam magazine. And 98-99 uh, is when I kind of started liking the the game. And he obviously came in the league in 99. And um, I've been I've been a fan of the game for 16, 17 years now, and Duncan has been part of every one of those years. I may not have noticed him uh, prior to probably about five or eight years ago, but I've always had a deep respect for him. Greg Popovich is my favorite coach, and Greg Popovich, I always saw the kind of respect Popovich had for Duncan, which is why I that 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 resonated with me as well. It's really, really going to. It's going to be really hard to watch. It's going to take a while for me next season to and and because I follow the Spurs very closely as well. It's going to take me a really, really long time to accept the fact that I won't be seeing Duncan on the bench or on the floor. It's it's a very, very difficult thing it's, for me. It was very difficult. It's going to be the it's going to be the first playoffs in twenty years without him, Duncan, which is just an insane idea to think about. Kosi, why don't you take us? Kosi, why don't you take us to the home stretch and um, tell us what what Duncan meant to you as a fan? So it was really silly in the beginning. It was a case of like I wanted Kobe to end up with more rings than Duncan. That's how shallow my relationship with Tim Duncan was in the early part well, of the did. career. Well, he did. Well, actually, no, they they they, they, they died are, now. Yeah, they are the same amount. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I agree with both of you guys in the sense that it's he's like a metronome, right? You expect him to be there in an NBA season, in an NBA playoffs, in in San Antonio Jersey at all times, and he's not going to be. That's going to take a long time to get used to and. Do you, do you remember the comparison I made about Duncan as water? Yeah. Water just exists. Duncan's always there. You, you always need a glass of water. It's 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 not exciting. It's not fun, but it's the it's the most important thing for you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and we always make this thing that Tim Duncan is like Timothy Robot or whatever it is. And apparently, robots age, and apparently, robots need to retire. That's I can't. I still can't <laughs> process that. So. It's going to take a long time to get used to the fact that there will be a San Antonio team without Tim Duncan. But I think he's had like one hell of a career. Hardly anybody can complain um, based on like his his achievements and whatnot. He definitely goes down as one of the best players that I've ever seen. And I will nitpick again saying that I don't think he's a power forward. He's a center, but he's still one of the better. He's the best. He's probably the best center. Since I started watching, and that's like ninety-eight, ninety-nine onwards. So um, th- I think that's testament to the fact that uh, he's had such an amazing career that you can categorize him into two positions, and he's the best ever in those two positions in at least the last few years. Uh, fantastic career, and like he goes out in the most Tim Duncan way possible. Like you, you, people generally say you can't have scripted it any better, and I think it's <laughs> it's applicable here. Uh, ironic that he had no script. That's that's the ironic part. You couldn't exactly. script his retirement better with no script. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, on that note, I think we should also go out in in a Tim Duncan way after a long podcast uh, with no script. 
<laughs> thanks for joining us, Jordan. Thanks for giving us one and a half hours of NBA talk. It was awesome as only always, and, uh, and only ten minutes of disagreement. That was disappointing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the boring part. We, that that's that's current. That I mean, current needs to step up his game. Yeah, like that's just. Don't be so boring. Yeah. I, I honestly expected uh, more 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 hot takes from from each end, but you know, we'll we'll find many more reasons to argue about. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Jonathan, and we'll catch you soon. Yeah, thanks Take a lot, guys. Thanks, uh, thanks a lot, fellow mutton suka lover. Oh yeah! <laughs> Stop agreeing on everything. Shit. Alright, <laughs> uh, thanks, cool. Jonathan. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. On that note, I think we should end this really, really long episode of Hoop Darshan, uh, episode number thirty-three, in its most glorious fa- uh, fashion. Um, and once again thank you to each and every one of you to for joining on our podcast it's uh, really appreciated how you take your time out to listen to us blabber this much bullshit but uh, yeah if you if you still want to get in touch with us um current's available on twitter he's at hoopistani he writes on a whole bunch of places like nba india slam magazine and uh, his own blog hoopistani so uh, shout out to all his blogs and you if you want to contact me on twitter i'm at underscore kaushik7 and the podcast is at hoop darshan on twitter facebook soundcloud itunes podbean and a whole lot of other places we are like tim duncan's career everywhere and we're just going to go out with exactly right now. <laughs> uh, until next time then #indiabasketball